what it is what's up got your podcast in the cut uh the tell us is a societal podcast and um i have a new pop filter that i bought on amazon for uh nine dollars i believe and uh, it looks like an afro on a little guy i might actually take a picture of me use this a, a cover picture for this one um it's a bisque in the background so it'll work perfectly with the theme for my uh feed but yeah this is um Best products I heard this week, I think volume 19, uh, that, the count of that may be very, uh, <laughs> very uh, akin to the uh, the presidential count uh, that just passed by, because I just guess at this point. But um, I believe it's 19, and it's going to be quick as fuck. I'm not going to do an ad read for this. It's going to be quick as shit. But um, so first project, I want to re- really lead off with this one. Um, Doty, you... EP, a uh, very popular song off of TikTok, uh, features from this EP, 6 out of 10, which if I play this, you'll recognize it immediately, I'm sure. Let me see. I had to fuck up my K to do this, but. Making you uneasy, I'm sure you've heard that before on TikTok at some point. Um, it's actually a really quality. I thought it was just going to be like basic ass, like um, bedroom pop, kind of, like. Or maybe, you know, like your typical run the mill now, like folksy indie, which I like that music, but like it does all very, like blend together pretty well, I would say. Like if you listen to one indie, outside of the best ones, like your Wise Blood and um, uh, Big Thief, outside of like those tier of artists, pretty much most all kind of sound the same, give or take. Um, you know, a, a Mac DeMarco, you know, most of them sound pretty much the same though. I think she does. I think she has really good subject matter and lyric lyricism. <laughs> I don't know what the equivalent of that is for like non hip hop related genres, but like she uses good word choice. I think she's just a very engaging artist lyrically. Um, In the middle is probably one of my favorite um, songs, like lyrically in that kind of indie folk lane. Uh, Would you be so constant? Good outro. Uh, Six out of ten is like kind of like this. Uh, kind of a, a a anthem for like thinking of yourself as lesser than uh, physically, and then you. If I could, let me hear this one again. Yeah, I thought this was kind of like just our closest to like kind of a a, a mainstream hit. Uh, while listening to this album, obviously some songs have already banged. It's from 2017, which Fantastic year for music, as I always say. Um, but I mean, she does numbers on here in period. Like she <laughs> doesn't need to worry about streaming problems. And just a very talented artist. Um, I believe British. I think she's a British artist. I think she makes uh, pop for the British people. And uh, I'm gonna move on from there. Uh, comparison. Uh, Wade Barrett from WWE. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually suspend this past just basketball players. I'm gonna do Wade Barrett from WWE. All right, now let's go on to the next one. The pop filter didn't sound too bad. Uh, I don't know how much it actually reduced, but it sounded good. I know I do a lot of the, um, like, the, the swallowing mid-word, pause, big pause on that. Uh, and, like, kind of tongue clicking, uh, kind of subconsciously. It's just, I have uh, a very, like, a lot of lip. And it's difficult to talk with a lot of lip. If you are Caucasian or you just weren't born with a lot of lip, it's hard to talk 
the motherfucking lot look. And the accent I naturally talk with is more of tongue to the roof of the mouth. You can pause this whole like dissertation I'm giving right now, matter of fact. So with that, I kind of stone on my words a lot. If you are of a language where you don't talk as much tongue on the roof of your mouth, or your accent naturally does not give that off, or you just accentuate your words more, which I don't accentuate my words at all, you're probably doing pretty good for yourself. Mr. Wonderful by Action Bronson. Uh, one of 2015's, I believe, lead albums. March. Yeah, kind of lead. Um, his big studio debut. A very hyped up project back in the day. Uh, I think that it fell woefully short, unfortunately. For I think people have different reasons why they don't like this. A reason I never really revisited. And I have, like, probably... I would say at minimum 500 scrabbles. Like, this isn't even my just total list. Because I this... When I first listened to Action Bronze was like probably 2012, 2013. Uh, 2013, 2014. Something like that. Um, so this was probably used last FM. But I have at least 500 scrabbles of Blue Chips 1 and 2. Uh, which are, to me, both classics. I think Blue Chips 1 has a very, uh, like, pretty pretty airtight track list. I'm going to pull them up just to kind of get a feel for what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean... The first half is full of like some of the best Bronson tracks ever. Steve Wynn, uh, Tan Leather, Thug Love Story 2012, Hookers at the Point. Uh, I love the damn sample off of Ron Simmons. Um, 13 five-minute beats, one-take raps, another classic. He does a sequel to that on Blue Chips 2, which is essentially Intercontinental Man. Uh, or not Intercontinental Man. Um, what, what was it? Contemporary Man. Contemporary, right? Uh, Through the Eyes of a G, great track with, I believe, Absol. Uh, there's a fantastic Mac Miller feature on, I believe, Twin Pugots, which actually is on Spotify. Uh, the Don's Cheek, uh, It Concerns Me, Practice. I mean, just like these are fantastic tapes. Then he had, um, I believe, Sob Stories. Uh, he had the Ricks of the Future joint with Riff Raff. So he had a really hot start to his career. And for whatever reason, this album did not get perceived very well. And I, I think it's like after revisiting, because this is probably my first time listening to it all the way through since 2015. I just really did not, like, I'll get to it and I'll just stop. So I think the first half really had some fairly just out of lane songs. Like, it's, it's inspirations that's within Bronson's, like, references to previous projects. Like, there's some jazz, there's spoken word pieces, very, very extended skits. But I think he really does take some creative liberties that when I was younger, I was like 16 when this came out, or 15, matter of fact. So, I mean, it just, parts of it didn't really vibe with me, but I've listened back to it. I mean, there's some really good moments here that, like, now that I could kind of appreciate just non-super rapping, funny metaphor shit, I can appreciate, like, A Light in the Attic is a really just majestic track by, um, Pretty much my black atlas. He takes the majority of it, but Party Supplies does a great job with the features. I'm not the feature of the production. Um, Doug Love Story 2017. I, I think he like records a bum. I mean, I should say a bum, but a homeless person. Like, I'm guessing doing one of his skits he does. Not skits, but little little ditties that he does on the streets to get money. And it really does play well. I liked it very much. I actually think the story is on genius. Uh, City Boy Blues. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that genre of music is called, but 
I've definitely heard it before. I mean, I won't say it's jazz, but. Yeah, it's kind of like kind of a soul flute, uh, fusion. I liked it. Like, he does a lot of things well that he tries to do with, like, the kind of the non-hip-hop stuff. I'm guessing some people may not like it. Yeah, okay, so this is just my man, Ezra, from the LES, pouring his heart out to me in front of Cat's Deli. So I'm guessing it's just a cat that was standing outside that happened to be well-known in that area, but potentially homeless. Let's just say that, potentially homeless. And then, of course, I mean, some of the obvious features uh, that were amazing. Chance the Rapper on Baby Blue. Uh, Party Supplies is production only in America, which is probably the closest... Obviously, with it being part of Supplies and Bronson, part of closest in tone and topic to the Blue Chips joints. Um, I mean, part of Supplies and actually Bronson, just like perfect duo. Uh, the passage was cool, atmospheric. I think those those live tracks that get thrown onto a studio album. I mean, that I feel like most of the time, like they don't bang, but this isn't awful. Like, it was just pretty much good background music. It's not really much this did. And the Easy Rider. Uh, one of his bigger tracks, obviously, that went over pretty well. I don't think like, this is a classic now or anything like that, but, like, I think that it's not a horrible album, and I kind of thought it was, like, just really boring initially. It's got some, it's got some, mo- like, it could be shorter. I mean, it's a 50-minute project that, oh, yeah, R.P. Uh, Paul Orndorff, by the way, I didn't even realize that, uh, I found out that he died, like, the same day, but I didn't realize to shout him out while doing this. But yeah, R.P. Paul Randolph. I mean, Bronson with his wrestling uh, references, you know that. <laughs> always love those. Uh, let's see. The, let's see what this did. Uh, consensus-wise or critically, this was signed by. If he was signed to Atlantic and Vice, wow. Yeah, production fantastic. Been glad to see people like that. It got a seventy-seven on Metacritic. Uh, which is pretty cool. I, the Pitchfork review actually weighted down substantially from that because it's only a six point three. But yeah, I mean it. Um, yeah, that's a lot. Right, it, it it throws a lot soul, jazz, some uh, rock references with some of the production. Um, I mean it, it. It it does a lot. It does a lot, and. Um, that's it's a pro and a con for some people who may be you know liking the um kind of obscure uh <laughs> sample choices from the pre like the, the the blue chips joints like i mean these random like tv references or like like almost restaurant music <laughs> chops like it, it's the most craziest samples but it all feels like what someone would go through in their city in like the mid 2000s or someone who just going back to the crib watching tv these uh applebee's commercials featuring uh bobby knight from indiana and um the other cat that was a legendary uh coach i forgot his i forgot the name but like it's just it's just really really wild stuff and i mean i remember that commercial that, that commercial i think came out like in 2000 and 11 i want to say maybe like 2009 between 2009 and 2011 but the applebee's commercial where bobby knight throws a um a chair in the commercial from applebee's i i just i just always appreciate that one so yeah shout out to action bronson um 
who would I call this uh, or or harken this to? Uh, that fat ginger from uh, WWE that had, like the hot chick that like always like was getting hit on. Like right now, like, this is an active wrestler. His gimmick is like basically beating the shot of anybody who like tries to spit dance as a girl. Whoever that wrestler is, I don't even know if he's a ginger, but I'm pretty sure he's a ginger. That would be Mr. Wonderful. Uh, I really like this album. What's going on? I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret. One, you shouldn't eat while recording the podcast. Two, um, a lot of these recommendations are like stuff that I legitimately want y'all to hear because I just think it's like very out of out of left lane uh, type shit, out of center field type shit. Like really interesting, and engaging stuff. And that's not because like I'm recommending it. It's just I think that there's, no, there's so many projects out there when people like say music is dead mainly older people obviously but like when people say the music isn't the same as it used to be or blah 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 blah, it's that like you get this 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 recalcitrant like filling your gut like what the fuck you're talking there's so much good music out there it's just not in your face like the shit that's in your face now is on spotify banners uh strong throughout all their major playlists uh on the face of youtube on tiktok songs etc etc that's the mainstream now and for better for worse i mean like that that has allowed some guys who wouldn't have made it in previous genres or previous eras to get you know some, some ears something like um well let me just say this. there's a lot of hip-hop cats that if they can you know make something sound relatively different with like maybe a trap song or you know like this all right, so like this D Banks dude, the anime niggas and and anime titties and big niggas or whatever, um, that meme rap has more of a uh, a following on TikTok than it does virtually anywhere else. Like a meme rapper can make one good song. Yoshi Island by Lil Boom, another good one. You can just make one banger on that platform. And make it. I mean, Lil Boom was had a following before TikTok was even a thing. A, a small one, but, a, you know, one. Um, you could actually, like, live off of... If you make something sound interesting, then you could live off of that. That's, I think, very interesting. But for the most part, I think most of the music was within the same kind of uh, sound, the same tunnel, so to speak. And then, in that, I think it's on... The burden is on us. Like, the listeners that do do the footwork and seek out different sounding projects to promote that shit and i think a lot of people do that in a a positive way some people do it through being an asshole i used to do it through being an asshole like i was like you haven't heard this shit yet i used to be a pretentious fucker when i was like was more well younger more naive but also less insulated like i kind of had more avenues to tell people hey go listen to this shit and then you know if they didn't listen to it and so be it but like i i had enough voices where i could felt comfortable putting that shit out there as often as possible now you know i'm older you know i'm i, I guess more insulated just have less people to shit post to so like my recommendations fall now by the wayside for the most part and i'd like to think that this platform allows me to put on people like Brownsville Ka, now known as Just Ka, um, 
his project from I believe 2018. Let's see, Descendants of Cain, 2020. I'm an idiot. 2020. Um, I actually did not know it was that recent. I, <laughs> I was recommended it by uh, KTT, and I don't know why I listened to it. I, I, I hand to God, I don't, I, I don't know if because I thought it was like a, a um, Agresdota type cat or what. But there was actually this very interesting piece put on by I think a local New York, um, well actually like a national like newspaper, but like locally like found it in New York. I don't know if it's a new New York Post or whatever, but let me see if I can actually find it. It was such like a slanderous piece. It felt like like it's basically like calling this dude an entire like just like lame and and um. Yeah, New York Post, because, you know, New York Post, like, puts out nothing but garbage. New York Post is, like, one of the worst newspapers in the entire universe. The the Pravda propaganda, uh, propaganda piece, or not piece, but but newspaper, serves more truth than the fucking New York Post. But essentially, they, they did an entire, like, full-page paper on Kai, and basically called him, like, a fucking lame that, like, was faking for the music and some anti-establishment piece of shit and then correlated that with him being this firefighter that he's like they actually a firefighter uh captain and you know all this bullshit like and then lp and, and killer mike who i guess are familiar with this guy um they went off you know they went after new york post new york post is fucking disgusting one of the worst i wouldn't even call it news like you could find more facts on Fox News after Trump called the presidential election than you could find from the fucking New York Post, dude. I mean, just fucking morons. And I think reading that also, like, made this guy kind of more relevant to me, or more relevant to me, because, I mean, it was just, like, you could you could hear how fucking ridiculous it was in tone. And... He's a talented dude, man. He's a really talented dude. I mean, this album isn't even, like, considered his consistent best. And the production is fantastic. I mean, this dude, like, says shit that's so weight. Like, I don't... I think my weak... Like, I think everybody should recognize what their weakest points are when they're, like, doing anything. But much less, like, listening to music. I think my weakest point is, like, over the, the course of the album... Grand, grand, gradually, <laughs> eventually losing myself in the focus of things and not capturing subject matter quite as well as I would in the first couple of tracks, right? Unless it really is like a, uh, a track that, like, production wise, it strips back all the fat and forces you to hear what's being said. And just a couple songs off of here where he does an excellent job of that. Uh, Sins of the Father will be the most popular one. Obviously, there's much popular song in the entire project. But um, My Brother's Keeper, which this whole thing kind of like does have like feature, like biblical references and quite a few Cain references. Cain being the brother of Abel, uh, you know, the whole fable. That. Um, but I mean, there's other like Land of Nods, Hollywood of Enoch, like of sons from um, from Cain and from uh, Adam. Like he does a lot to just really like force you to kind of 
respect to his lyricism. But he's not really like a, a super like hippity hoppity super lyricism like type dude. Like he literally just like sets these blunt, heavy bars, and it's just like holy shit, this dude, this dude like. I think it's kind of his voice how like low it can get like not really low in tone but like just in terms of just being level like if you like put this man's voice to like a fucking what would you call it uh some shit that like detects sound I guess like you can just see how really even it gets and like it just it's just uh, it it really is amazing and I the I really wanted to say just for the since the father one of the best ones I've ever heard in my entire life and the sample. So in the middle of it, he samples the um, the I forgot what you call them, the piece like the the sentence, the, the I've I've read the Bible multiple times. Like not read the entire Bible, but I've read the Bible a lot. I've grew up in a very Christian family. I can't believe I can't remember what this is, but um, a piece from Genesis where Cain is given his edict by god for what he committed the after after you know be, after basically like you know dissing you know kind of like being a a brat to, to to god like am i am i my brother's keeper uh, after that and then god gives him an edict for you know doing that some you know you'll walk the earth for this you know curse on you on you and all this um he says my sins my punishment is too much for me to bear um and the way it's used in there, it's like between the verses of Rock Marciano and Ka. And it's just so well done. Oh, my brother's keeper, he actually samples the part I'm referencing. Cain, where's Abel, thy brother? That's God. And then, I know not, am I my brother's keeper? Now, it's from the movie, actually. There's a movie where they actually say those those quips. I can't, I can't remember the word. But, yes. So... I think the funny thing is that God just tried to lie to Cain. I, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And then he goes into his, you know, his part. I think it's just production-wise, it's fantastic. Lyrically, it's fantastic. It's like the pinnacle of, to me, like the the griminess and harshness of the modern underground scene. I don't think anything like kind of reaches the zenith. Of dark that this dude Brownsville car now I know it's just car gets into. Um, I'm just trying to remember. Like, I don't. I don't. I can't think of anybody that really. Because I mean, a lot of the other grindy cats like Ross, Rock Marshall makes some thug shit. Uh, you know, Crime Apple usually some pretty thug shit. But like, it's always done like a kind of a flare of like humor. This motherfucker is morose. Like, there's no Conway the Machine. I can, you know, no mock homie. I can flip you like this. I can flip you like that. No dump God references. No Fahim shit. I mean, it's just like, it's just gritty, you know. And it's like, not even gritty like a gangster sense. It's just, this nigga's going through a lot of shit. <laughs> and so yeah, shout out to Cobb, man. Uh, great, great artist. Fantastic project. One of my favorite 2020. Um, even though I didn't know it was 2020 initially. I know, I know, I know that it came out at a year, and I heard it in a year, and in that year, it's one of my favorite projects that came out that year. Um, fantastic project. Hope y'all enjoyed this. Hope the pop filter did its job. It probably didn't. I shouldn't have fucking smacked it like that. It probably peaked in your ears if you're still listening. But I know you probably aren't. But if you are, shout out to you, man. You're a good person. Peace.